the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Coming up, Nicole tells you a fortune looking ahead. So get out your crystal and stay tuned with Mistress Nicole. All dressed in leather, you won't forget her. You want to love her and you won't let go. Who's that woman, crazy woman? Nicole. He's running out of time Running out of time Ooh, ooh, ooh To turn himself in And pay for all the crime The times he tried to overthrow He's leaving Leaving On a big Trump plane to Georgia Leaving on a big Trump plane mm, Yeah Said he's flying up, flying up to sea, to be arrested for conspiracy. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. I'm not guilty. Melania will be with him. No, she oh, won't. No, she won't. <laughs> on that big Trump plane to Georgia. Leaving on a big Trump plane to Georgia. Oh, uh, I'd rather see him in jail see than him hear him jail. continue to whine. Oh, Sell continue to whine. I was about to be uh, blocked for the video um, uh, <laughs> infringing on a copyright because it was the video of um, Gladys Knight and the Pips, although they, uh, the guy, um, Patrick Fitzgerald, calls it um, Fonnie Willis and the Indict Pips. Okay. Um, uh, Patrick Fitzgerald, does the, that's one of the ones that uh, I think he um, put out while I was in the middle of the move. And um, uh, I missed it. So there, you know, I'm just catching up. Stop it, YouTube. Heads up, we've detected video in your stream belonging to someone else. Your stream may temporarily be blocked. <laughs> You've done worse to me before. All right. Hi. Welcome. Uh, today's a Tuesday, right? Tuesday, but, but the room sounds echo more echoey than usual, right? It's not this microphone. Um, I, I need to put up more soundproofing. Believe it or not, I've got a bunch of it on the wall behind me and over there, but I'm in a, a bigger, not carpeted room than I was in in Florida. So anyway, um, she just performed on The View yesterday for Whoopi's birthday, that song. Thank you, Denzel, in the chat room for telling me. You know, there are, there are weird... Um, things that, that happen. Coincidence, although I hear there are no such things as coincidence. Anyway, um, I've got another Patrick Fitzgerald song, one that I was actually going to play yesterday at the end of the show. And then we got a weird phone call that came in at the end. So, oh, and I forgot to bring the vapor riser in here. 
Ah, oh, you can't take me anywhere. Anyway, welcome to a Tuesday. This is a weird day, but aren't they all these days? So today, if you saw the show card, um, you'll notice that I was I was um, promoting that today was the big wa- uh, march on Washington for Israel. And it started out really strong. I was very impressed. It was a peaceful march and rally. There was not any calls for hate, at least on the Facebook stream that I was watching. But then when I went over to YouTube and looked for another stream, oh, then they were all out, of course. And it was, oh, thank you. It was a Now This News, um, which usually I think are, are pretty fair, but the people that were commenting on that stream were all haters, just all haters, just trying to ratchet up shit. And, um, you know, I sometimes can't help myself. I need to just, you know, turn the computer off and walk away. I'm trying to learn that lesson. (laughs) You know, old habits die hard, as they say. So, um, but I do want to share with you a, a little bit from this rally. And it was, you know, look, as, as you've heard me for the last month now, um, try to explain something snapped, not necessarily snapped. It's like a switch got flipped in my brain after October 7th. I've never been one to proclaim myself a proud Jew or I've never been to Israel. I never felt any real allegiance to Israel other than the fact that I'm, I was glad it existed because Jews had been uh, run off the uh, uh, the planet from whatever country they were in. Um, even here, frankly, at the beginning of the Holocaust, um, the United States turned away the Jews, as did every other country. Klaatu is asking me in the chat room, do you think they were MAGA being ugly? Um, no, not all. Because sadly, it, this conflict has very strange bedfellows. Um, and, and, and it gets stranger. Look, I don't often agree with um, anybody on the other side of the political aisle. And, and I still don't although some of them are agreeing with me, but not fully. You see, when, when these maggots are professing their support for Israel, like somebody like the, this new speaker of the House, Mike, what's his name? Mike Johnson, who could forget? So Mike Johnson is a Christian nationalist. He, if he supports the Jews, it's because in his warped religious dogma. He believes, as does Pastor John Hagee, and I will get to him in a moment, that Israel must survive and flourish because all the Jews must go back to Israel so that the rapture can happen. Come on. Um, If Chris Lopez doesn't hear audio, somebody in the chat room, please help Chris, because obviously audio is fine. So, when people come in there, it freaks me out because I think there's a problem. But maybe maybe one of my helpful other chatters will help Chris. So anyway, the um, this is the the evangelical, the ap- apostolic Christians, these crazy religious nuts who want Israel to survive so that all the Jews will return and they can bring on the apocalypse. 
because that's what they believe. So as I was saying, the thing went along. It was all good. Um, there were a couple of surprises. To, in fact, right when I turned it on, the first person who was introduced as I'm watching it was Van Jones. I'm like, Van Jones? Why Van Jones? And, you know, funny enough, he led with the same question I had. Why am I here? Why are you here? I'm here because the horror and the terror that unfolded in Israel and Palestine have sent shockwaves far beyond their borders. Yep. That have See, and, I, I, and disrupt lives right here in the United States. Oh, it has disrupted lives right here in the United States. I'm going to play a couple of minutes of his audio because what I've learned and I learned um, by monitoring these few chat rooms during the live stream of this rally today that people just pick a side without doing their homework. Now, look, I wasn't a great student either, but before I mouth off about something, I learn as much as I can about that subject so that I know what the hell I'm talking about. And one of the issues, and that David and I have been talking about, is the stunning, um, almost dismissal of the, the Jewish issue right now by, and I'm not saying all, but I'm saying quite a few black Americans. Um, and it started with, you know, some Black Lives Matter chapters, whether or not they were real. Um, some said, no, that wasn't the Chicago chapter of Black Lives Matter who sent out that tweet. But others say, yeah, it was. Um, and, and again, I don't use words like all or every because obviously we're individuals and we all think a lot, you know, for ourselves or we should. But too many just jump on the bandwagon. And what I've heard from a number of people of color is that, well, we're people of color and those Jews, they're white. And, you know, the white man, he's he's held us down for too long. It's like, OK, talk about oversimplification. But um, uh, Van Jones, see, it's, I've always seen an affinity between American Jews and African-Americans because Jews stood up for African-Americans during the civil rights movement. Um, unlike any other ethnic group and Van Jones actually went there. Now, if you're not Jewish, you may not know this, but since October 7th, there has been literally an explosion of violence against Jewish people. Yes, there has Attacks been. Attacks against Jewish people. Yes, there uh, has horrific been. Horrific acts of hatred against Jewish people. Yep. The FBI says it's been unprecedented. Uh, 400% increase. 400%. Just in the past three weeks. Uh, you, if you don't know that, it's because your social media algorithm is not telling you that. And you might want to ask yourself why. Why? But once you know, once you know, you cannot be silent. I don't want to be silent. Thank because you. Because the Jewish community, the Jewish community stood with the civil rights movement. Yes, we did. I was just we a kid, but yes, they did. That's Big time. Big time. Now, That's like why he's there. Who, as was just said, uh, my heart breaks for all the Israeli children. My heart breaks for all the Palestinian children, 
Oops, for all the Palestinian children. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop it there. I was actually going to counter Sandy in the chat room, Environmental Coffee House, who's one of my favorite people. But Sandy, you're quoting a very ho- horribly anti-Semitic film, this Israel film um, that you're linking to in the chat room is horribly one-sided and very anti-Semitic. And there are groups of Jewish students and their families protesting the co- at the college campuses where they're showing these films. So I caution you to be careful what you're ingesting and what you're regurgitating. I know Sandy means well. That uh, is not something that you want to be linking to from my chat room. And actually, I'm going to take it down because it is anti-Semitic drivel. I would have used a a stronger word, but I'm trying to wean myself off of some of those words. Um, uh, And, you know, I love Sandy, one of my favorite people here. But no, you're not going to do that. So let's go back to a little bit of Van Jones here. For all the Israeli children, my heart breaks for all the Palestinian children, and my heart breaks for all of the Jewish American children who are now also living in fear. I pray that every single hostage is released. I pray that, I pray that. Bring them home. Yes, bring them home. Bring them home. And I also pray I also pray that Hamas ends its reign of terror. Yes, I please. That. I pray that. And I have to say, I'm a peace guy. I'm a peace guy. I pray for peace. No more rockets from Gaza and no more bombs falling down on the people of Gaza. God protect the children. God protect children. Let's end all the horror. And end all, all the, the horror. End right. the holy but, land. But Let's here's the thing. That. Here's the thing, Van, and this is what the people in there were chanting when they said, bring them home. They're saying no ceasefire until the hostages are released. And the reason they're saying that, I'm sure, is is multifaceted. But the main reason is because Hamas does not um, play by the rules. They won't adhere to a ceasefire. There was a ceasefire on October 7th. So much for that. Um, Hamas, and I I sound like a broken record here, I'm sorry, but they, their principal, uh, well, the leaders of Hamas are not in Gaza. They're not in Israel. They're off in Qatar and other areas of the Arab world living like billionaires. And they are. They're, They're raking in the bucks, stealing it from the people of Gaza who, you know, the money goes for aid and, um, you know, humanitarian um, purposes and the Hamas leaders just take it all for themselves. They take it to build bunkers under that hospital, by the way. I know, you know, you may not like the corporate media, but sometimes they show you video, including the video of under that hospital that is in the news today, where they had Hamas uh, uh, weapon storage places where they were firing rockets from. I mean, you open your eyes and see what's really going on. I get the death and destruction is horrible. War sucks. It's terrible. This war 
and I can't believe I'm saying this, this war Hamas started, there was a ceasefire. Except, you know, for the rockets that fly in both directions. And I mean it when I say in both directions. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, tomorrow, uh, well, tomorrow Jason Leopold's going to be here, by the way. Jason Leopold has a new uh, FOIA scoop. Do you remember the story about the cocaine that was found in the White House? That's Jason's FOIA scoop. So he'll be here tomorrow. But I'm also going to speak with a woman who um, is an American, an Israeli-American, who was living over in Israel with her family until, um, until October 7th. And uh, she tells of this, her, her family being terrorized, and now she's back in the Chicago area. She's going to join us to tell us what happened. You see, we're hearing a very one-sided, skewed version of what's going on. And it's hard to counter it when you see dead babies being pulled from the rubble. That's one of the reasons I think that the Israeli government uh, assembled some of the GoPro video and cell phone video from the, um, from the, uh, uh, the terrorists themselves and the victims. And it's what they've been screening in private for journalists. They're not releasing it. In fact, if you go to one of these screenings, if you're invited, you, you have to leave your, your phone. You can't, they, they are being very careful not to let this footage get out into the general public because it's horrific. And um, it's, it's something that most people just don't need to see. But, you know, um, uh, those who've seen it have said it's changed them forever. And I get it. Look, I didn't even see it. I've just read about it in a number of accounts. More and more are coming out every day. And um, like I said, something changed in me after October 7th. Anyway, so that, but, well, you know, uh, more of that maybe later. Um, but but um, hold on. I want to see what this is. Uh, <laughs> Alan from the San Diego area just texted. He said, hey, Nicole, maybe you can reach out to Jason and you can both wear your Elvis Costello and the Attractions t-shirts tomorrow and I'll wear mine to work. I guess Alan is the listener who sent them to me and I sent Jason one. Uh, it, you know, Alan, Mine is somewhere in boxes, so uh, it's, it's not going to happen. But thank you for the thought. <laughs> and with Jason, you know, he's only got like 20,000, you know, artist T-shirts. So I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't ever presume to tell him which one to wear. Because, you know, Jason, I'm sure, picks those things very carefully. Anyway, back to this rally today. So, um <laughs> whoever was doing the intros at one point said, now we're going to show you how, you know, how, how unified we are. And we've got a bicameral, bipartisan, uh, congressional um, uh, 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 delegation. I guess that's probably not the word she used, but I'm not going to play you any of their speeches in case you were wondering. But I thought you'd like to hear the intro. We are pleased to welcome to the stage... The bipartisan, bicameral leadership from the United States Senate and House of Representatives. From the United States Senate, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. 
from the House of Representatives, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. From the House of Representatives, Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries. And representing the Senate Republican leadership, Senator Joni Ernst. Jo- what? Wait a minute. Joni Ernst? What about Mitch McConnell? Uh, I guess Mitch was too busy just staring out into the ether in a frozen <laughs> state of um, froze uh, to be there. I don't know. Mitch couldn't make it. So Joni came in his place. And they all, you know what? I, Chucky schmucky. Got to tell you, you know, this is what was so disconcerting about that section of it. And that was that it was like a pep rally. Rah, rah, I'm the highest ranking Jewish member of Congress ever. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. We stand with it. You know, good. Uh, I'm I'm glad because too much of the world is not. But again, this is a war. There's no joy in war. I don't revel in the fact that people are being killed. There's nothing to celebrate when we're looking at, you know, pictures of of kidnapped babies and Holocaust survivors. Oh, and by the way. We had been hearing from the the son of a noted Israeli peace activist. Her name was uh, Vivian. Hold on. I'm going to get you her name because I hate when I do this. Um, Her name is, I'm going to tell you in a moment. Ah, God, I hate this. Vivian, I want to say silver, but that's probably not it. Um, I'm going to show you her picture now while I find her name for you. Um, What You're going to tell me what her name was? David? No. no. Okay. I have a, hold I have on. A question. Go but ahead. before you get there, I, I need to get this woman's name. Her name is, was Vivian. Ask me the question while I get her name. God, I well, that. I was just wondering where are all the Jewish Republican members of the Senate? Why weren't they there? Oh, oh. Well, that's right. There aren't any. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, well, are, are there any Republican Jewish House members either? I believe there are. I think maybe one or two of the uh, Congress people from Nueva Georgia. Oh, maybe. But it, Eric Cantor was the only one. And um, and then, you know, he got might voted have, They might have let one sneak into the House. Maybe, maybe. Um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I can't find her name. I'm so embarrassed. But I think it... I am going to get it for you um, <laughs> because I'm 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 mortified that I can't uh, bring up her name. Um, anyway, this is Vivian. Vivian was a leading Israeli peace activist, and it was believed that Vivian was being held in um, Gaza, that she had been kidnapped on October 7th. No, it's not Vivian blank Jewish, Jesse. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Um, I want to say silver and I will get it for you. See, it's times like this. I could really use a producer because they just open up my file and look and I will get it as I as I uh, (laughs) as I try to talk and chew gum at the same time. Anyway, her son had been very outspoken and very critical of the war and said, this is not what my mother would have wanted at all. Um, or, or not what my mother would want because he didn't speak of her in the past tense because they believed that she was being held 
hostage in Gaza, along with the 239 other people from age nine months up to, I want to say, mid-80s. Holocaust survivors and little babies that have been held now for over a month, right? Um, And he said, I know this isn't what my mother wants. Uh, Her name is Vivian, I was right, Silver. I see I should trust myself when I say something. Uh, 74-year-old peace activist Vivian Silver. So her son has been critical of the war for the last month, saying that... um, that's, I know this is not what my mother wants. She's not about this. Well, now they've identified her body. Vivian Silver was murdered by Hamas on October 7th. And they just now were able to identify her body. You see, a lot of bodies were um, burned beyond recognition. And it took DNA testing to identify them. That's what Hamas did to a peace activist, to somebody who was their biggest champion. But then again, there were bodies pulled from these these shelters, these bomb shelters, these safe rooms that littered the highway throughout the country, throughout Israel, because rockets fly from Gaza constantly, day and night, nonstop. All you hear about in the media are the rockets flying from Israel into Gaza, but you don't hear about them going in the other direction. And they do. They still do today. But they don't tell you that. The media doesn't tell you that. And so um, some of the families of the victims, both the murder victims on October 7th and the, um, uh, you know, families of kidnapped um, hostages have been, some of them were at the rally today. Some of them have been making appearances on American media and the stories were just horrific. There's one that I've been holding off reading to you because I think the father is going to join us maybe next week. And, and, you know, all I can ask you to do is read. I shared an article on social media, was it yesterday or was it over the weekend, from the New York Times. Now, look, I have a problem with what's happened to Israel's protective dome, Caroline asks. The Iron Dome, it's still there. And luckily for the Israelis, it, it breaks up many of the rockets as before they hit. But some get through. And the ones that get broken up, they rain shrapnel down on you know, the land. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it will destroy them, but it's still pieces of shrapnel fall. And then this one person was talking about the collection they have of shrapnel from these Gaza bombs or from these Hamas bombs that have been launched from Gaza into Israel. There's no safe place in that whole area, no matter which side of the fence you're on. It sucks. War sucks. Hostilities suck. Netanyahu sucks. And the members of leaders of Hamas and members suck. I could use stronger words, but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, be more family friendly. Um, Israel's president, 
Heim, Israel's president is not Benjamin Netanyahu, by the way. He is, um, he is the prime minister, or actually dictator. Benjamin Netanyahu is a criminal, much like the former guy here. He has a number of criminal indictments, you know, floating around him. One of the reasons why he wanted to retain office. And somehow he coerced his way back in because they have a parliamentary form of government there. And so, boy, I, I complain about, you know, the minority rule here. Well, it's really the case over there where they form these these um, coalitions among different parties. And as long as they get enough to get a majority of a disparate group of, of crazies, they can do it. And so Netanyahu, a couple of years ago, was voted out. And we were singing, ding dong, the witch is dead. And I bet if you go to NicoleSandler.com and enter ding dong in the search bar, it'll bring up the show after Netanyahu was voted out. I think that day I called a hotel in Tel Aviv and was reveling in his defeat with the, the person who answered the phone. I've long said Netanyahu is a, is, is a war criminal, is evil, needs to get the hell out of there. Um, but somehow he, he got back in. I promise you the majority of Israelis do not want him there. Much like the majority of Gaza, I think, don't want Hamas. In, in, in Gaza, though, they don't have elections. They had one election almost 20 years ago and Hamas has not allowed another election since. So for those who say, um, and I think I lost a loyal listener who, who dared to say to me, Hamas was a democratically elected leader of the government there. No, maybe, you know, 17 years ago. Yes, but they haven't allowed election elections since they are not, a democratically elected anything. They're, they're, they've taken that whole uh, strip. I wouldn't call Gaza a country, sadly. Um, and, 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 and turned it into the, a prison. And it, it, Hamas is as much the imprisoners, the jailers, as Israel is. If not worse. Because at least Israel, you may not believe me when I say this, are trying to keep down the civilian casualties. Hamas is the one saying, we don't give a shit. We're happy to be martyrs. And if you don't believe me, that's a direct quote. We've been martyrs before, we'll be martyrs again. So I do, I get incensed. I get, I get upset when I hear people defending Hamas, which is now, um, it happens all too often. Anyway, here's a little bit of Israeli president Chaim Herzog, who's not a whole lot better than Netanyahu anyway, but he spoke via satellite from Jerusalem. 80 years ago, Jews came out of Auschwitz and vowed never again as the blue and white flag was hoisted over our ancient homeland. We vowed never again. Never again. 40 days ago. A terrorist army invaded the sovereign state of Israel and butchered hundreds upon hundreds of Israelis in the largest massacre since the Holocaust. Let us cry out together, never again, never again. 
Never again is now. The Hamas savagery and crimes against humanity bring to my mind, as President Biden has said, the worst rampages of ISIS. We, the people of Israel, are grateful to President Biden, his administration, and so many members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. Okay, so he went on like that. He made a few good points. I get it. But uh, again, I will take exception to somebody in the chat room. Nancy, I know Nancy, you've been a supporter of the program for a long time. I know you take um, issue with some of the things I've said. When you say neither leadership is concerned about civilian deaths and suffering, I don't know that that's true. Well, if you're talking about um, Netanyahu as leadership, 100%, I'm with you. I think that, well, I don't know. I'm not there. I think for the most part, the Israelis do not want that. They want to rid the planet of Hamas, who are terrorists, who committed unthinkable atrocities on October 7th. And when we say never again, we were brought up hearing the stories of the Holocaust. And if you aren't familiar with what happened, go back and listen to the show I ran last Thursday with 96-year-old Holocaust survivor Leon Chagrin. He'll tell you some of the things that were done to him. That's why we grew up hearing never again, never again. And the thing is, I'll defend their right to defend themselves every day of the week. But you're not hearing how they're defending themselves. There are people in the chat room who did not know that the Iron Dome does not intercept every single rocket that, that flies from Gaza and didn't know that rockets were flying from Gaza every single day of the week. They are. They still are. And those who don't believe that the weapon stores are in the tunnels underneath mosques and hospitals and schools and civilian housing, listen to me clearly. That's exactly where they are. So, you know, the, 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 the um, you know, the one-sider uh, way that, that, that things are being presented are just, um, uh, just upsetting. Let's say, let's put it that way, upsetting. All right, um, I'm going to move on. I was, I've been vamping because I expected, I hoped that at least one of the uh, the, the, the people who went to D.C. for this march were going to come and join us in um, Zoom, but it appears that that's not happening. I invited a few people, um, and uh, I was hoping someone would come, but they haven't. And so I'm going to move on, and actually I'm going to do sort of like a palate cleanser in between segments, okay? So we're done. Yeah, and Kim, yes, you saw the tunnels last night. Did you see how reinforced the walls were? They weren't, you know, cave walls. They weren't tunnel walls. These were concrete reinforced walls with steel beams overhead and weapons out the ass all over the place. That's Hamas. And you know how they bought those weapons? You know how they financed the building of those tunnels? By intercepting aid sent by, in many cases, Israel for humanitarian reasons for the people of Gaza. Hamas says, no, that's ours. We'll take that. Thank you very much. You can starve. 
but people don't want to hear that. All right. I may um, regret this, but I always say I'll take a phone call if you call in. Hi, who's this? Yeah, this is Robert. Robin. I'm uh, down from California. Hi. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention about how a lot of the younger generations here, um, I'm about 45, and I was always, you know, the biggest liberal, um, you know, anti-Bush because of, you know, the war in Iraq and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me that the, the younger generations are really m- missing all the nuance. And, uh, and, and our media is really doing them a, a real big disservice. Absolutely. You know, it seems like uh, it's like almost like an intentional disinformation or omission of information in order to persuade people into a certain uh, position. Right. And, and, it's, and it's just really sad. And I see that because everybody's tapped into their phones. Nobody's actually reading a newspaper. Nope. And, and so if people just kept it simple and read a newspaper, I think they'd be way more informed. You're absolutely right. And they don't. And instead, they're taking, you know, as fact, um, propaganda put out to them by some right wing uh, crazy. Right. And and, you know, they don't understand fact checking. They don't understand what I'm always saying, which is consider the source. Consider the source. Look who is telling you this. Um, And and, you know, I have a graphic up on the screen right now and it says, Israel under attack, October 7th through November 13th, just this year. 9,500 plus rockets fired from Gaza. 1,200 plus murdered. 7,771 plus injured. 239 plus kidnapped by Hamas terrorists, uh, around 30 or children. 200,000 plus Israelis displaced from their homes. This, you know, and this is a story that, for the most part, the, the uh, American media is not telling. And the college kids exactly. are hearing just all the, you know, the, the ultra-left, like, oh, my God, Israel evil, all of Palestine, you know, blameless. And it's not that simple. It's just not that it's simple. Like you, it's kind of like you mentioned about how Hamas and, you know, Sharon really need each other. And uh, th- that's a nuance in itself. And I think that, yeah, a lot of people are really missing that part. That's what really what complicate, complicates the situation right there, right? Because you know that, you know, it's just the people, the civilians that are taking the brunt of everything on both sides. Yeah. And, uh, and the leadership is just like bad leadership. Bad, bad leadership. leadership. So, and and, and I'll, I'll tell you there. something. Uh, thank you for the call. I really, really appreciate your, your, your comments uh, more than you know, because honestly, I've been hit. You know, they talk about the, the, um, the, the 400 fold rise in anti-Semitism. We're all feeling it. We are all feeling it. Every single one of us. And, um, Oh, thank you, uh, Robert, our caller, who just sent me a song. He said, I had a reggae band. He texted me. You can text me, too, when you call in. Uh, I had a reggae band in the early 2000s after 9-11 and knew the path in which the GOP were trying to take the U.S. Yeah, I want to send you a copy of the album. Please do. Um, uh, email Nicole at NicoleSandler.com. I'm easy to get a hold of. I read it all. I answer most. Um, so thank you for the call, Robert. I do really appreciate it. Um, so anyway... Uh, You know, I could go on and this subject, look, unfortunately, this war is not stopping anytime soon. 
I, I wish it were different. I wish they'd release the hostages. I wish uh, Hamas would go belly up. Um, I wish Netanyahu would be thrown in jail because he's a war criminal. He and George W. Bush should go to The Hague together. I don't think Joe Biden falls in that category. I think Joe Biden is trying to negotiate peace the best he can. Um, You know, diplomacy and all that. Not always easy. But we'll talk about it again. I am hoping that this um, Israeli man who's home was invaded by Hamas on October 7th. Um, I'm hoping he will join us. So we'll see. So I told you, uh, David, yes. If I may. Yeah. There is one other thing I would like to say. Okay. Um, There's a misunderstanding that exists currently, and that is Israel is fighting for the approval of the rest of the world and the acceptance by the rest of the world of its right to exist. That's right. That's not the case. Israel isn't fighting for approval. Israel is fighting, fighting for, its for survival. Acceptance. Israel is fighting for its very survival. That's right. Because the people that they are fighting against, the number one thing that their ambition is, is to completely obliterate the state of Israel. And all the Jew Jews. there, every Jew on the planet, yeah. and implement Sharia law worldwide. Right. That's the other thing. When I see all these, you know, lefties out there going, you know, uh, not only free Palestine, because I get the sentiment, but echoing pro-Hamas propaganda, they'd be dead. Hamas wouldn't let an LGBTQ anybody survive. So, you know, if so many people in this country are fighting for the oppressors who would just as soon see them dead as they would me. Okay. All right, I'm done for today. Done, <laughs> done for today. Um, I, I'm going to do a little palate cleanser of sorts. And it's another uh, song from our friend who I haven't yet met, but hope to soon, um, Patrick Fitzgerald. This is actually the one I was going to play at the end of the show yesterday uh, when I opted to take a phone call instead. Um, and then we'll go to this story that this song references. All right. How's this for a segue? Uh, Once again, it's Patrick Fitzgerald on the Nicole Sandler show. (laughs) Oh, I love your suits. It must be a bitch getting a size 68 extra fat and a 12 dwarf. Everybody sing. Eastman is down, like that stupid schmuckin'. We're finding out the lawyers sure are dumb. We've got a long trial to go, and we're going to convict them. John Eastman, just watch old Barney run. Mike Hensie had some queries about the suspect legal theories. He found out he was among a den of snakes. You can't start an insurrection just to block a lost election. We'll lock you up no matter what it takes. Eastman is down like that stupid schmuckin'. We're finding out these lawyers sure are dumb. We've got a long trial to go, and we're going to convict them. Johnny's men just watch old Barney run. Old Barney's got your number, she's hot on your trail, and she ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. 
pray that your godless orange complexion can win the next election. Then pardon you, but that is bound to fail. Eastman is down, like that stupid schmuckin'. We're finding out these lawyers sure are dumb. We've got a long trial to go, and we're going to convict them. Johnny's men just watch old Barney run. Fitzgerald, he always ends his song sort of just sort of in midstream. But anyway, so that's about, uh, you know, a song in uh, Fonny and the Bandit Eastman is Down. OK, well, Fonny Willis um, sounded uh, a little alarmed today. She's she's asking uh, she's requesting an emergency protective order to prevent the leak of potential evidence to be presented in her Georgia racketeering trial of the former guy. So ABC News just last night um, reported on these proffer videos that were leaked that feature some of those indicted uh, co-conspirators of the former guys who had gone on uh, and flipped. And we saw video uh, from two of them yesterday uh, one being Jenna Ellis and the other being Sidney Kraken Powell. So, uh, well, here's that story. Take it away, videotape. To the ABC News exclusive, for the first time, our investigative team obtaining some of the videotaped interviews with two former Trump attorneys charged in Georgia's election interference case what they told prosecutors in exchange for their plea deals. Attorney Jenna Ellis saying that she was told Donald Trump, the boss, as they called him, would not leave the White House under any circumstances. Trump's lawyers responding tonight, and here's ABC senior investigative reporter Aaron Katursky. Tonight, ABC News has obtained excerpts of confidential videotaped interviews of two alleged co-conspirators charged along with former President Trump in Georgia. The two attorneys in these videos have now turned and are cooperating with authorities. Uh-oh. Sidney Powell, who once claimed that dead Hugo Chavez was one of the reasons <laughs> behind Trump's loss. Yeah, she and did. Jenna Ellis cut plea deals on reduced charges in exchange for their cooperation, giving interviews to prosecutors. We're here with a proper witness, Jenna Ellis. Ellis, who falsely claimed ballots were manipulated, recounting a time at the 2020 White House Christmas party when she said Trump aide Dan Scavino told her Trump planned to simply refuse to leave the White House. He said um, to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. Ellis said she asked him, what do you mean? He said the boss uh, is not going to leave under the any boss. circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. Yeah. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. We don't care. Stavino did not respond to requests for comment, and an attorney for Trump called the purported conversation meaningless since he did ultimately leave the White House. Sidney Powell also told prosecutors Trump was determined to stay in power, despite his aides repeatedly telling him he lost. Uh oh. What was President Trump's reaction when, I guess, this cadre of advisors would say you lost? It was like. Uh... Well, they would say that and then they'd walk out and he'd go, see, this is what I deal with all the time. Trump has pleaded not guilty and denied wrongdoing. After Powell's guilty plea, they both denied she was his lawyer. But Powell told prosecutors Trump knew she was one of the few willing to support him. I was the most experienced federal practitioner in the group. Did I know anything about election law? No. No. Powell pushed that outrageous conspiracy theory that voting machines were controlled by Venezuela, even pointing a finger at former dictator Hugo Chavez, who died nearly a decade earlier. This was exported from Venezuela. Yeah. And 
by Maduro and by Mr. Chavez. Yeah. This is the consummate foreign interference in our election. She told prosecutors Trump weighed a plan to seize voting machines in multiple states, despite no evidence of ballot fraud. That would have allowed the machines to be secured in four or five states or cities and see about doing a bipartisan or military or whatever everybody agreed on uh, review of the machines. Sources told ABC News a number of former President Trump's co-defendants in the case have previously been offered plea deals. Any cooperator, David, could be called to testify once this Uh-oh. racketeering case goes to trial. David, <laughs> All right, Aaron Katursky, Olivia All Rubin, right. and our entire... Yeah, there team. you go. So um, that happened. Uh, no, we're not We're not going to listen to George Stephanopoulos. Sorry. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, all you know, that happened. And um, I just realized I, I, I totally blew the ending of what I was going to tell. Well, if there's time at the end, I will share the other thing with you that I didn't share with you about the rally where they totally jumped the shark. It wasn't enough that the, you know, Chuck Schumer led a pep rally, you know, rah, rah, kill them all. I know he didn't say that, but God, it's how it came across. Um, And then the, you know, the president of Israel and all that. What happened that really turned my stomach? And I was going to tell you about the, um, uh, the deal to keep the government open. And we'll get to that in a moment, but I just got to go here. So, Towards the end, they, now, thankfully, they didn't end with Pastor John Hagee. But yes, at this, um, at this <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm finding hard to get the words out. At this rally in support of Israel, some genius thought it would be a good idea to invite to speak Pastor John Hagee. You know who this guy is, right? He is a, um, well, let me read to you what David Korn, uh, Washington bureau chief of Mother Jones magazine, wrote about him in Mother Jones. Um, uh, the headline is, Pastor John Hagee says an Israel, an Israel-Palestinian peace deal will be the work of the Antichrist. And then the subtitle is, who thought it was a good idea to have him speak at Tuesday's pro-Israel rally? And um, David Korn wrote, as tens of thousands of Americans were headed toward the National Mall in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to attend a rally professing support of Israel, a controversy erupted over the appearance of a particular speaker, John Hagee, the pastor of an evangelical megachurch in Texas. The head of an influential group called Christians United for Israel... Hagee made national news in 2008 when Senator John McCain, the Republican presidential nominee, was forced to disavow his endorsement after anti-Catholic remarks Hagee had made were publicized. He eventually apologized. Of course he did, because, you know, money. Hagee has also been a zealous foe of gay rights and claimed Hurricane Katrina was God's punishment against New Orleans for hosting a gay pride parade. So when word hit that he was on the lineup for today's event, other supporters of the rally raised hell. Hadar Suskind, the head of Americans for Peace Now, an endorser of the rally, declared, quote, I'm horrified that he was given this platform. His history of hateful comments should should disqualify him from decent company, much less from speaking on stage. He is not welcome and should not speak. And J Street, another liberal Jewish American organization, stated a dangerous bigot like Hagee should not be welcomed anywhere in our community, period. 
This opposition was driven by Hagee's previous anti-Catholicism and homophobia. But there was another reason why Hagee was an odd choice as a speaker. He claims that an inevitable peace accord between Israel and Palestinians will be the work of the Antichrist. Literally. Hagee, who at the rally, honestly, led the crowd in a chant of Israel, you're not alone which almost caused me to barf, um, has long maintained that he does not accept the notion that by supporting Israel, evangelical Christians can somehow hasten end of days. Quote, Christian support of Israel is based on the promises of God and scripture that affirm a future for the Jewish people and God's continued faithlessness to that nation, not on prophecies regarding the end times or speeding the return of Christ, according to his organization. But... Hagee is a big believer in end times Christianity and preaches that, according to the Bible, at some point, the Antichrist will arrive. Jesus and the dead will rise. The rapture will ensue. Uh, sorry. The rapture will ensue, lifting the truly faithful into air and toward heaven. And that everyone left behind will witness years of destruction, disasters, and absolute misery. Isn't that what we're going through now? Oh, sorry. Hailing Jews as God's chosen people, Hagee asserts that Israel plays a crucial role in this grand finale. Not surprisingly, Hagee sells books and videos in which he explains all of this in great detail based on biblical passages. You see, so I'm in this chat room uh, on Facebook, the friendly one to, to the Jews. Um, and everyone's going, Oh, thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. And I'm going, what are you people nuts? Do you not know who John Hagee is? He should be off that stage. And they're yelling at me and I'm saying, do your homework. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting the links to these mother Jones articles in the chat. I'm screaming at windmills here. In a sermon Hagee delivered in March, he laid out the big picture and explained how the conflict between Israel and Palestinians fits into this. He rambled a bit. He noted that biblical prophecy is clear that during this final conflagration, five armies will invade Israel. They will be led by Russia and Iran and also include forces from Germany, the UK, France and Turkey. He didn't say how this unlikely alliance would be formed, but have no fear. He told his parishioners, God, angry about the removal of prayer from schools, abortion, the separation of church and state and the overall immorality of the world will, quote, smash this force to protect Israel and kill five out of every six of its soldiers. I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. Shortly before this invasion, the Antichrist will arrive. At this time, Hagee said, a global economic crisis will be underway. Quote, the church is gone. The world is desperate to resolve its difference. So this Antichrist, who claims to be a, quote, man of peace, and who many wrongly view as the Messiah, manages somehow to cook up a seven-year-long peace treaty with, quote, many, including the Jewish people, the Palestinians, and the Roman Catholic Church gets better. This deal will allow the Jews to take control of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, which is a holy site for Muslims and currently a major flashpoint between Palestinians and Israel. The accord per Hagee will hand control of, quote, the holy sites in Jerusalem to the Catholic Church. See, he claimed the Catholic Church has been trying to gain a sense of control of Jerusalem and the holy sites for decades. Really? Moreover, 
The Antichrist deal will, with some arm twisting, force a two-state solution on Israel and the Palestinians. It keeps going. But three and a half years after this treaty is inked, this Russia-led invasion of Israel, propelled by the, quote, demonic spirit of anti-Semitism, interrupts with Russian leader Vladimir Putin trying to rule the world by gaining control of natural gas reserves off Israel's coast. Oh, my God. This collection of armies, Hagee pointed out, will include millions of radical Islamists from Russia who have a, quote, compulsion to attack Israel and the Jewish people. It'll be a global jihad. Hagee also suggested that the European Union will be part of this war in Israel, noting that Russia, the EU, China, and Egypt have, quote, two things in common, to destroy the Jewish people and to rule the world! Sorry, I get carried away sometimes. The tale Hagee presented was truly head-spinning. To return specifically to the Israel-Palestinian conflict, he was clear that the two-state solution, quote, will never happen until the Antichrist comes and the rapture of the church has happened. That is, peace in the Middle East can only be brought about by the Antichrist. That's not good news unless you're going to be part of the rapture. It would seem to suggest that potential peace brokers will be in league with the devil. For Hagee and his fellow believers, this is all hunky-dory, writes David Korn. During that March sermon, he exclaimed that the time of the end, that's right now. Excitedly, he told his audience, the next thing we're going to have happen is the triumph God. The dead and Christ are going to rise. We shall be brought up to be with the Lord in the air. Pray up, pack up, look up. We're going up. Didn't the movie say don't look up? Um, Sorry, only then... When Hagee and his co-religionists are soaring up to heaven and everyone else is stuck on earth contending with assorted global calamities, will there be a movement toward a resolution of the Israel-Palestinian conflict thanks to this devilish antichrist? This scenario does not seem good for the Jews or anyone outside Hagee's flock. Given Hagee's Israel narrative, along with his record of bigotry, It's rather curious that any organizers of this pro-Israel rally thought he deserved a speaking slot and validation. Could this be a sign the end times are near? Thank you, David Korn. (laughs) What a way to end the show. I guess tomorrow, tomorrow, we'll deal with the impending shutdown. If we get there, because we may be raptured! Cue Blondie. Rapture. Sorry. I get carried away with the talk music show I want to do. (laughs) Oh, God. And with that, we're done. Damn. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. A little bit of everything. (laughs) Jason Leopold, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll tell you about it. You know, who knows if they're going to save this uh, from shutting down. I, I have no faith in our government or any other for that matter at this point. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We're done. I'm done. I'm beat. I got nothing else to say. Peace, please.